Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. I'm Marion Manneker, and we're going to explore the mysteries of the global art market. Turia El Glaoui is the director and founder of the 154 Art Fair. The fair focuses on African contemporary art. In this podcast, produced by Christina Stefan, El Glaoui talks about the collector base in Africa her experience bringing the fair to America, and the possibility of eventually going to Asia. But first, the 154 Fair opens in London on October 6th. Yes, it is. It is my fourth year in London at Somerset House, where we've started. Um, It's just our biggest show um, so far. We have uh, 40 galleries that will be present. Um, and we have over 132 artists, I think, that will be shown at 154. Um, and um, we'll be also um, presenting 10 uh, very cool special projects um, with different type of exhibitors, from um, a photo festival in Addis Abeba to uh, retros- uh, not a retrospective, but uh, the first UK solo show of Malik Sidibe, the Malian photographer. So we're very excited about uh, this particular fourth edition. Since the uh, heart and soul of what a art fair uh, supplies to the galleries uh, are collectors, I thought we might start by talking a bit about the collector base. So the collector base, I think, is uh, very intriguing for everyone. But uh, to tell you the truth, it's been very similar to the collector base of Freeze. Uh, strategically, you know, originally when we started 154, we did it specifically during Freeze Week to benefit and leverage on the numbers of visitors coming to Freeze um, in New York and in London, actually. Um, and uh, I do believe that probably 90% of our collectors in London are uh, the same collectors that are coming and buying at Freeze. Um, I I think that the interest in contemporary African art has grown dramatically in the past, you know, four years. And there's much more enthusiasm in terms of uh, the audience that we see visiting the fair and buying. Uh, But it's still, you know, a very strong international collector's base. Well, that's very much the way that um, Chinese contemporary art started uh, 20, 30 years ago, with international collectors being some of the sort of foundational um, players in that market. Uh, you're completely right. So it's very similar in that way, in terms of you know having an international collector base uh, showing interest um, to the, the artists from the continent and coming from the different galleries. I think most of the galleries are telling us today that are participating to 154 that 70% of the artworks that they sell are still sell internationally and 30% um, uh, of the works are sell nationally, you know, in the country where they're usually from. Uh, but it is very different than the Asian market. Um, and I think at least more specifically the Chinese market in terms that we are talking about a whole continent and 50 different 54 different countries um, that are at a very different stage of development in terms of their artistic scenes, but also in terms of their, um, you know, base of collectors. Um, So I don't think, you know, we will experience that type of growth, uh, but I really believe that it will be a more constant, slow growth, depending on which area of the continent we're talking about. 
Do the international collectors uh, focus on one or country or another? Are there? I mean, I know there are specifically well-developed uh, markets, you know, Ghana, Nigeria, uh, South Africa. But do the collectors have specific interests, or is it artist by artist? Okay, so the the truth is that we are we have seen in the past, and we're still seeing, you know, some international collector like Johnny Picozzi, for example. Even Robert Devreux, which is this English collector, they they are probably the first ones, you know, collecting Pan-African, you know, uh, artists, you know, from the whole continent. In terms of African-based collectors, they're usually more loyal to the country they are from, you know, so you will see them collect first if the Nigerian, Nigerian art, if the South African, South African art, if the North African, you know, more, more, more artists from Morocco or Tunisia. Uh, the idea of like a collection that, you know, regroup all the countries from the continent is a, a very westernized concept. Um, I do believe that the the, the 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 strongest is the economy of those countries in Africa, and the strongest is the artistic artistic scene. So, for example, uh, South Africa has led the way for very long numbers of years, um, as their you know country have been very strong, you know, in terms of economic development. Um, we've seen North Africa as well, you know, having extremely interesting prices for their artists, you know, because they have known uh, quite an interesting economic growth and stability for a very long period of time. And I think that you know you have new contenders now with Nigeria and who had very strong economic growth with their oil prices in the in the past years but also Ghana that now is you know starting up and really gaining some attention and visibility uh, but I think that you know you're right there's more you know things happening in some countries than others and therefore you know we have even at the fair sometimes you know several galleries from South Africa versus one from Cameroon or you know or Senegal it's uh, uh, the numbers of galleries participating from the continent on each of the the more developed art scenes um, are, are 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 bigger, uh, but it is very difficult to uh, to understand if, for example, Nigerian collectors or Ghanaian collectors or South African collectors we collect outside their country. Um, but I think we have more choices from those countries based on their economic development phase right now. And there's a, a number of different. Um, infrastructure projects taking place in Africa, you know, museums that are being built. The, the Probably the biggest one, again, is in, in South Africa. But I presume that that will have a continuing effect on building more of a domestic market and potentially a, a secondary market for many of those artists. That's that's true, and I think what it will, you know, do, which is even more important, is, um, you know, having the, I guess, the ability to belong into a collection of a museum based on the continent. You know, the problem so far is that those infrastructure were not existent, and um, uh, an artist to be not only, you know, um, I guess, valued by by the collectors, but also uh, by, you know, the curators and the the, I guess, the whole art community had to, in a way, have a, have an international careers because you didn't have curators or collectors or, you know, anything on the continent, you know, in the past years. So the fact that we have one, you know, new museum in Morocco, but also the future museum of Cape Town, who is opening up next year, is really going to make, you know, an interesting, um, an interesting choice for 
for an artist who'll be as happy probably to belong to the, the collection of the Cape Town Museum as it is, you know, interested to belong to a museum in Paris. But until now, you know, this is pretty much the choice they had. They had to be successful also and recognized by the international community and the international institutions um, to have um, some kind of uh, international visibility, but recognition by, uh, by the different institutions. You just mentioned Paris, and that uh, raises a couple of interesting uh, questions from me. The the first one being, you, you mentioned that the galleries make 70% of their sales uh, uh, internationally. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 what, if it's not through your art fair, where else are they making sales? And do they have uh, access to Paris, which is a very big uh, market for uh, you know, uh, both African and uh, tribal uh, and contemporary art. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the the market in in Paris, you know, is very specific because there's a, there there are few contenders selling contemporary African art, and. <clears throat> For some cases, you know, the galleries have been quite established ones, so they are invited to international art fairs. So there's an example of a gallery who are doing 154 called Mania A. They are also invited to do Paris Photo. They were at the FIAC official uh, fair, uh, uh, sorry, the the off, I think they have something called the off of FIAC. Until, until last year, at least they did. And um, they had also the opportunity to be shown there. Um, in terms of the, the, you know, the France, the France and the Parisian, I guess, collector base, I wouldn't agree that there's such a strong market. I think there's a very strong relationship between Africa and France. Um, now, I'm not really sure that this is basically where, you know, uh, the sales are the highest uh, for uh, the galleries that are participating to the French. Uh, to the French fair. Um, however, there, there has been a couple um, of very interesting um, African art projects in different institutions, you know, like uh, you had a huge um, retrospective of Kaidu Seida, which is a famous uh, Malian photographer mm-hmm. out Le Grand Palais not very far ago. And the very, uh, very, uh, very, um, uh, very, um, very interested in the, in the institutional side, but I'm not really sure that they, there's such a, a large market. And as you said something very, very strong here is that they are very known for their traditional or classical or what we called in the past tribal art. Um, uh, and this is where I guess uh, France is very known for, you know, a lot of the dealers of, um, of traditional African art are based in Paris. And uh, unfortunately for us, unfortunately as well, it's just two different markets. The collectors of uh, traditional uh, African art are very different than um, the collectors of contemporary art. Which is so interesting because many of the international collectors of contemporary art have become collectors of traditional African art, or at least uh, uh, collectors of uh, pre-Western art in one form or Mm. another. Uh, You know, that's been a a big trend both uh, among collectors and among the auction houses now um, in their uh, shows to include works from various either oceanic or African uh, tribal sales. So, I mean, from, from, you know, my own knowledge on this, I, I know that, you know, we've tried in the past and I mean, you know, when we were starting the fair, this, this, you know, has been, you know, 
put um, a lot of people when I said that I was starting contemporary African art fair. You know, they they just heard the word African and and thought about you know traditional and were expecting to see um, traditional tribal art. You know, um, at the fair. Uh, but what I've realized by talking to a few collectors like the Barbier Muller who have a, a museum in Geneva or um, even. Um, uh, you know the the lady who has the Dapper Museum in uh, Paris. Um, they, they, you know, they've their whole life they've been collecting, you know, traditional, you know, African art. And then what we see is, for example, for the case of Barbier Muller, is that the families. Uh, I guess kids are now starting to expand that collection into contemporary African art, uh, but it's really new and it's a really new phase of the of the museum, uh, the private museum. And in the case of, um, for example, the museum, uh, the the Dapper Museum in Paris, also it's the new generation trying to get involved more with contemporary African art, and really getting uh, the museum engaged with contemporary African art projects uh, to attract also a new audience uh, in the different countries. The only collectors that I can think of who really did the opposite, he started by collecting contemporary African art, and he has probably one of the largest African collection called Syndica de Colo. Uh, who has around 5,000 pieces of contemporary African art, is now collecting, you know, traditional art. And actually, he's kind of in a mission of, like, repatriating traditional and classical pieces to his country uh, that have been stolen, you know, during the civil war of Angola, for example. But he's really, on, as I said, on a mission. I, I'm sure he loves and really enjoys every, every piece he acquires, but it's also about a very strong message on bringing you know, back those pieces to Africa. Right. And he, uh, if I remember correctly, he's Congolese and his wife is... Uh, Angoli, uh, Angola. Uh, right. And, and they're, they're somewhat, you know, bo- both are connected to the, um, the ruling fa- family. So there's a sort of pan-African relationship there uh, uh, in that marriage and then in this, this collecting project. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, they, they, they are related to definitely the president of Angola. I think uh, he's married to the to to the daughter of the president of Angola. He himself, as you said, is Angolese, and I think you know Congolese. Sorry, and he started collecting very young um, everything. You know, so he had a passion through that was passed on by his parents, and he really um, you know started collecting and. I think he part of his collection was acquired by buying um, the collection of this very famous German collector. And I'm really sorry, I don't remember the name. Um, but uh, he's been very involved also with the first pavilion, African pavilion in Venice. I think in um, I have a bit of a blank on the year, but I think it's uh, probably in 1980, uh, 2000, no, it was in 2001, uh, I mean, the best would be to verify that date because I'm not really, uh, I'm not really sure. But it was the first African pavilion in Venice. Um, I think there's other very famous, you know, collectors that are um, also probably the, 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 you know, the, the big names of those country. You have um, quite an interesting one in South Africa called Dick Intoven, uh, who has probably one of the largest collection of modern and contemporary uh, South African artists. Um, you have people like uh, Mr. Alami Lazrak in Morocco, who also collect not only um, Moroccan artists, but also uh, has a large collection of African artists from the continent. Uh, 
And I think there's a very famous one in Nigeria who is a prince called Prince Yemesi Shilon, uh, who uh, has also one of the largest collection um, in Nigeria. Now, I don't know if his whole collection is about contemporary, but he is known to have the largest number of pieces in Nigeria. Um, Yes, it it feels like the missing element there is uh, that there need to be, you know, a a dozen more of these sorts of figures, uh, wealthy, uh, uh, self-directed collectors, not unlike uh, 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 Jean Pagosi, but, you know, people who uh, made a decision about what they want to collect and build it to institutional uh, size, both having an effect on the market and on people's sort of the taste and the visibility visibility of a number of these artists. You're completely right. And we've seen, uh, you know, this phenomenon in Morocco. And I think, you know, it's replicating now in Nigeria, for example. Uh, The two countries have nothing to do uh, with each other. But for example, in Morocco, in the 60s and 70s, you saw all the big corporate companies starting to collect uh, for their group, you know, and their bank or their, you know, uh, their their companies, uh, Moroccan artists, and really developed the artistic scene. Um, the 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 Bank of Morocco, for example, the National Bank of Morocco, but also all the private banks of Morocco have probably some of the largest con- uh, collection of Moroccan artists, and they have all started, you know, foundations and are showing the the different. Um, the different collections, you know, in different public spaces of theirs. And I think we've, we are seeing this, you know, uh, this in Nigeria happening where you see the CEOs of those large groups, you know, uh, starting showing an interest in contemporary African art of their country. And they are, you know, uh, probably, you know, the, 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 the next agent that will, will move things around in those, uh, in those places. But I think we're going to see something like, I, I believe, to have like a couple of those uh, new, I guess, billionaires and millionaires in Nigeria and South Africa and in other countries, you know, who might not have had such a strong interest in art starting to, you know, to get there. And I think there's something else that, you know, I discover every year. And I think it's probably also by the fact that, you know, there was for a very long time no infrastructure in terms of galleries, auction houses, etc. in those countries, because we, we discover collectors as we go along, you know, in my fourth year of the fair, I'm still, you know, discovering new collectors that I didn't know before, that have been very discreet, you know, in all those countries and have been directly supporting, you know, the, the different artists and the, the local art scenes. But because of a lack of galleries or auction houses, this is something they did on, a, I guess, on a direct base to the artist. And um, unless, you know, you are part of, uh, you know, I guess the, the local community, you know, um, and very close to the artist, you don't automatically hear about them. But there are collectors that, you know, um, have been very discreet. They're not into the, the same, I guess, um, uh, art circuit that your international collectors, you know, in Europe or in the U.S. would be in, you know, so they don't get the same visibility. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, we definitely need more African artists, you know, from the the new bourgeoisie or even the new millionaires or billionaires or, you know, all the people that we see, you know, getting into the Forbes list, etc. But um, I think there's also uh, hidden numbers of collectors that we don't know about because they've been, you know, supporting the local art scenes in their country very discreetly and humbly without, you know, trying to to get too much visibility. Are, are those hidden collectors now coming to your fair? Are 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 you being uh, able to? As, 
yeah, so we do a lot of events in between the fairs, you know, locally to try to to know them better, uh, to try to get engaged with the, you know, each uh, each audience uh, in a, I guess, more uh, country level rather than you know continent level. Um, and we do meet uh, in every trip new ones, you know, that we didn't know before, and we do invite them. So sometimes they come in one year, sometimes they don't. Um, uh, they don't make it, um, you know, a date in their calendar yet, but we have a lot that have, you know, maybe made two out of the four. I have some that have confirmed that they'll be coming this year that had not come last year. Uh, but this, um, this, 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 this group of collectors, uh, African collectors that are coming to 154 every every year and are only here for 154 is growing. Um, it's not representative in terms of, uh, you know, I cannot tell you 10% of, uh, our, of our total visitors are from the continent and they are buying. But I can definitely tell you that the, 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 the numbers of those uh, collectors coming from the different countries uh, just for 154 are growing. And you're becoming the um, context for them to learn about the gallery infrastructure and for the gallery infrastructure to develop connections to, as you described them, these hidden collectors. Completely, completely. We kind of meet them more on a, you know, on a different level because sometimes, you know, the direct relationships with the artists uh, don't automatically means that they are actually connected to the gallery themselves that are representing the the artist. But um, we're trying to educate them in different ways in terms of like, you know, uh, lending their work to a museum exhibition, for example, where it would be interesting for them not only to have, you know, their piece shown in a museum because it will add value to the piece itself if one day it's sold, um, but also to make sure that, you know, um, they understand, you know, you know, that what the galleries are trying to do in terms of creating a market for those artists and promoting them at a certain level of prices, etc., is also part of the development of the artist. Um, and um, that, you know, in a way, I'm not saying that, you know, they should stop selling direct to the artist, uh, uh, buying direct from the artist, but they should understand why it is very important to um, to support the good work of the galleries when they're promoting the, 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 the artists internationally at different art fairs, but also are trying to find different um opportunity for the artists in the different institution to be part of group shows or solo shows around the world. Um, and when a, a gallery is doing well, their job, you know, they're quite instrumental for the career of the artist. So you have started uh, expanding to New York. Uh, you've had two different uh, sh uh, fairs Edition, here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and I'd like to ask sort of two questions related yes. to that. The first is just tell me about the differences and what New York's been like, and and again what that sort of collector base is like. And then uh, I'll ask you another related question. Yeah, so I mean, to tell you the truth, the, 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 the move to New York was very also strategic for us because uh, the mission of 154 has had always been and is always to kind of, you know, accelerate the visibility of African artists on an international platform. And the, it was also to balance the number of artists, you know, that are part of this art circuit and they are part of those uh, international exhibition. And I mean, 
it is quite a known fact that there's really two, you know, uh, art capital of the world, New York and London, you know, for Europe. And um, for us, it's like I've heard how, you know, some collectors from the U.S., but also some institutions you have in the U.S., um, and you you know that better than I am probably, but so many university museum uh, foundations, you know, institutions that just like being able to touch just a small percentage of the market in the U.S., it's so much more important for the artist in terms of, you know, the type of visibility they could get and their, um, I guess, integration to those museums, you know, in, in those collections. Um, that we thought it was quite important. And we had uh, some of our galleries, you know, who had been with us since the first edition, who were really thinking of going to New York and who basically asked us if, you know, it was in our plans. And um, this is how we came about to actually doing a pop-up in 2015 and see, you know, how the market was responding to, to what we're doing and, you know, seeing if we could continue to have a second edition there. And I mean, what we're very nicely surprised and, and a, bit, uh, uh, a bit shocked on my side because we had obviously a very interesting program, which we have in London as well, called the Forum, which is an educational program of four or five days, depending um, if it's in London or in New York, where it's actually um, a program of discussion of artist talks and um, and uh, different. Uh, this year we had performance in New York as well with this program. But it's the audience saying that actually in New York they didn't have a platform to even talk about those things, you know, and be represented. So I was a bit interested because we touch a different kind of a, of collector base that we didn't know we were going to touch. So basically when we went to New York, we did not target, you know, specifically the African-American collectors. But at the end of the day, we were able to reach out to this you know, category, um, because they were very interested into buying, you know, African artists, and um, they didn't seem to, uh, you know, have a place where they could actually, you know, uh, buy those artists. And same thing, um, you know, we always said we're fr we were representing artists from the African continent and its diaspora, but we felt and we were requested by a couple of galleries to present African American artists at the fair that they wanted to be there, that they thought their African heritage was strong enough to be part of the fair so it's quite interesting because we 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 engage a new kind of audience uh, in addition to the regular international american you know collector that some are traveling to london but some are just coming to freeze for example in new york um, we also reach out an audience of african-american collectors that we were not automatically expecting you know when we moved there you know, those collectors don't really have a forum, e even though the uh, category has been growing uh, uh, slowly and steadily over the last several years. I mean, the Swan, the auction house, has been uh, somewhat uh, instrumental in giving it visibility. But it doesn't surprise me that they're interested just because of the fact that there is no real place for African-American dealers and African-American artists to uh, be seen in a common context that way. Yes, and, uh, and I, mean, I mean, to tell you the truth, as I'm not living, you know, in the U.S. and I'm living in London and obviously spend a lot of time in New York, this is something also that I've realized, you know, in the past two years where we're preparing the show, where we saw the success of our first edition and we are, you know, obviously we're able to consolidate the second edition and we're coming back, you know, to, uh, 
to the fair. And it's also something very interesting that we have exactly the same kind of engagement in London as well, is I think for the first time, um, at least in London, you know, we have the African community, maybe not the collectors, but the African communities of uh, based in the UK interested to come to an art show. I go to a lot of art shows. I go to a lot of gallery shows. Um, uh, often the African communities are not invited or maybe not known or maybe not, you know, engaged. I don't know what exactly is the answer to this. But um, what we find in New York and in London is that there's also this engagement um, with the different communities. We do a lot of work on our side, you know, to engage the schools, etc. But I think there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, you know, there's obviously a reach um, that we're able to create with 154 that, you know, is very interesting and is actually uh, very engaging, but very surprising as well. Because for me, New York would have been, you know, obviously a place where all those platforms existed already and, you know, that um, people could, you know, discuss their black identity or not, you know, that I thought that that was, you know, um, um, a done deal, you know, it was not something that 154 would have to bring to, to the New York um, art, um, art platform. Look, in, in Washington, we're just opening a museum devoted to African-American history and culture. So that, I saw that, yeah. That mm -hmm. infrastructure is very underdeveloped. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and ironically, in the last 30 years, after there were uh, several major pu pushes, it seemed to uh, either get overshadowed or um, lose its fu funding. So yeah. there, the, and it doesn't surprise me, on the African side, that in in uh, countries where there isn't much of a museum infrastructure, that people uh, 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 migrants to London would uh, need a thing like your art fair as a way of discovering that because it's just you know it's it's not present uh, and easily accessible. Yeah, no. So I think that's why also we you know we we've started the forum you know the first year, but I think it's it's getting more and more you know interest and also I guess has such an importance now because those discussion needs to happen you know those uh, those engagement with the um, with the, the different communities wherever we are in New York or in London you know uh, are necessary and a necessity I would say and I think it's quite interesting that you know we were able to pull as I said you know all type of um, of collectors but also um, uh, art lovers that you know uh, we might have not you know automatically um, thought it thought that you know that would be the you know the the, the type of collectors we will gather at 154 uh, but I mean it was a nicely surprise and I mean I'm glad that you know we're filling a gap or we're bridging you know discussion that uh, would have needed to happen a long time ago so that brings me to my second question about um, expansion which is the the art market has seen a huge influx of buyers in all categories uh, from China, from Asia broadly, but but the Chinese are sort of the 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 biggest player, as it were, the most numerous uh, collectors, and seemingly uh, uh, with the most amount of money in aggregate. And um, I know that the Chinese companies and uh, the Chinese government are deeply involved all across Africa in numerous different uh, uh, projects and, and deals, uh, which leads me to ask, is there interest uh, from your perspective in bringing the fair to Hong Kong or Shanghai or somewhere uh, to, to sort of reach the Chinese market? 
So, I mean, not that the idea, I didn't flirt with the idea, you know, in Asia or even in, um, in actually one of my main priority would have been Africa, to tell you the truth. But, um, you know, we are a very small team. There's no group, you know, um, behind us or anything. So those type of uh, engagement to go to a third, you know, location, even if it's, it, it, it is really appealing, um, necessitate a lot of funding and financing. And also, um, I have to make sure that if I kind of engage the galleries to follow me somewhere that I can guarantee a collector base, you know, that would be interested in um, contemporary African art. Based on, you know, the type of collector we see at 154, um, I, I, the only interest that we have so far with the Asian you know the the Asian market is really the press. Uh, we don't have yet, you know, collectors that have shown or have requested, you know, informations uh, that would let us to believe that, you know, there would be, you know, space for us in in Hong Kong, for example. But. I would definitely, if it, if it would ever come to, you know, to happen, to try to leverage on another fair like Art Basel Hong Kong, for example, and try to do it in parallel to that, you know, to make sure that even though, you know, we might not have, not sure about having a place in Hong Kong, we could leverage on some of the collectors that um, have uh, or are, you know, attending Art Basel um, and make it easy for them to access, uh, you know, a version of 154 in in Asia. Um, but um, to tell you the truth, I mean, it's really not in the plans, you know, not at least for the next two uh, two years. Um, there might be some kind of like so, such a strong interest that I will have to reconsider uh, this, but you're completely right. Uh, you know, Asia is one of our first investors on the continent, and it would make um, complete sense that you know the 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 top you know investors and collectors you know have an interest in Africa and African art. But um, it is very difficult to. Um, uh, it, it's not an easy an easy an easy task to organize it in a new place yeah. that you know we're not familiar with, and I feel like. Um, uh, at, at this moment in time, I cannot guarantee one of the the very important, um, uh, I guess, variable of a successful fair is the the the, the collector base uh, for uh, for the galleries. And also, you know, we're very close. It's a small fair. I don't know if you had the chance to come, but in London, we have 20 galleries in London, which is our biggest show. We are 40 galleries, so we're very close to our galleries and the ones that you know have done the fair since the beginning with us and. Um, it doesn't seem that it is a market that it's still, you know, uh, you know, that they are attracted to 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 approach yet. And I mean, obviously, you know, when those conversation will come, we'll discuss it and see, you know, the pros and the cons, you know, of going to to Asia. But I really um, did not feel that there was such a strong interest from the galleries as well um, as of today. Well, uh, it's understandable that the. Uh, collectors might not be there yet. I mean, there is such a rush taking place. There is uh, so many people coming into collecting uh, in the first place. One can't expect them to to sort of cover everything all at <laughs> once. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I agree with you. I agree. And the, for the people who were very successful in reaching out to uh, um, 
to this uh, to this uh, collector base. I mean, I'm sure have been extremely um, uh, uh, well, you know, remunerated, you know, in many ways. But uh, uh, you know, it's also you know the the size of the fair and the, the number you know of my team, which is uh, you know quite a very good number for two fairs. But I think it's not uh, it would not be possible to have a third run right away. Well, it again, what interests me so much is just these things don't happen uh, uh, inexorably. You know, they, they happen because a uh, someone like Jean Pagosi uh, 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 takes an interest and uh, strikes out and does this for a number of years before uh, anyone else, any of his peers do. And and look, not many of his peers have followed uh, uh, behind him. So the, the Chinese would, you know, it really just takes one person, one influential person, uh, and others uh, following them. Yes. Or... Or just or that, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, like, you know, it's, it, Vincent Dica de Colo said the same thing. He said, you know, like he really expected him being African, you know, collecting African art to have some of his very wealthy friends to, you know, to follow to follow his lead and it did not happen, you know, so, um, and maybe because it's not the right time, um, uh, uh, but, you know, sometimes uh, an important influencer might not uh, influence because there's a timing issue, you know, like, or, um, I, I, I don't know, because at the same time, you know, it's funny because with the preparation of the fair, we always, you know, try to attach the fair to very luxury brands and, you know, kind of, make sure that you know we have this uh, this high end kind of um of uh, attachment to any kind of brands we're using as sponsors etc and i had the chance to talk to one of the you know the the jewelry brand the famous jewelry brand and they said that you know, I shouldn't worry too much because China and Russia followed exactly the same path and, you know, they first buy houses and, you know, yeah. crazy interesting things and then jewelry and then art comes last because it's the last thing you see because it's in someone's house, you know. So, I mean, I mean, they seem very hopeful that, you know, this is the next phase. So we, we should see a lot of people starting buying um at least a lot of African collectors buying African art, you know, so I'm just very uh, hopeful that this is where we're going next. Well, it sounds like you've made a uh, big step forward towards uh, that direction. Uh, and I want to wish you the best of luck with the fair. And thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Artelligence Podcast. Visit us at artmarketmonitor.com. 